Welcome into another edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast. I am Damon Dillman, joined by Bart Isley of Scrimmage Play, and we are getting you ready for week four already of the high school football season here in Central Virginia. And Bart, before we start looking ahead to this fourth week, as we get deeper into September 1st, we're going to take a look back at this previous week. We talked last week about how so many interesting matchups, challenging games on the schedule. We'll get into that a little bit more deeply later in the podcast. But first, let's start with uh, the offensive player of the week. And it's actually a guy who had a big day on Saturday. That Blue Ridge offense was tremendous in that win over Hargrave. And it was Camden Brewer, the quarterback, who led the way in that big win. Yeah, 10 for 15, 313 yards, six touchdowns. He's got weapons around him. Um, That's pretty efficient, too. I mean, 313 yards on just 10 completions and 15 attempts. I mean, that's awesome stuff. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some good quarterbacks come through up there at Blue Ridge. He's got the potential to be yet another one and, and maybe one of the better ones that they've had in a while. Um, just a really tremendous athlete. He's tough, runs hard too, um, and just makes great decisions. And, and he obviously realizes that at Blue Ridge, you're always going to have athletes on the edge. He's finding those guys, but he gets the fullback involved. He gets everybody involved. He just throws to who's open. So you got to really appreciate, you know, what Camden Brewers bringing to the table already. And it, and it really jump started. you know, I, we know the Hargrave is not very good. Uh, and it, we, we just know flat out, this is not that good, but you've still got to be able to execute. You still got to be able to play in another week. You know, they played NSA pretty well for a while, but another week together is making a big difference for Blue Ridge because they're always on that short timetable. Um, and it's clear that they're just going to kind of keep getting better as the as the you know whole year goes on, and, and they play a Fishburn squad uh, next week. They they should be in pretty good control against too. But Brewer just a tremendous performance, great arm, puts it up there, trusts his guys to make plays. Before we move on to the defensive side of the ball, I know you have a few other guys you wanted to mention on the offensive honor roll from week three. Yeah, you got Mark Wamoff, four touchdowns for Covenant uh, in Covenant's first win of the season. You got Kobe Edmonds. 130 rushing yards, two TDs. We saw on plays of the week, he did one of those without without a shoe. Shoeless, uh, Toby. Once one solid run. Uh, he, I mean, it's just it's clear that you know maybe Fluvanna kind of figured some things out, but again, they were playing a Buckingham team that has not played in like what feels like five years at this point. Um, but a, a good performance for them and a good way to kind of get on track, and they're going to need it because they've got a tough one coming up this week. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are two guys. Again, another, we're going to talk about it a little more late, later, but not a, not a huge week offensively for uh, teams across the area. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball, our player of the week, well, a friend of the program. And uh, he's, he's also a regular in the uh, plays of the week that you mentioned earlier. Paul Poirier, obviously, when we talked to him a few weeks ago, so much of the conversation was about his play offensively as the quarterback for the Hornets, but made some nice plays defensively at Charlottesville as well. Yeah, he's got to step up over there right now because Will Lewis is out. And Will Lewis is a guy who goes both ways. He's an important part of the secondary, important part of the receiving core. And it does seem like this year that the solution for everything in Orange County is, well, let Paul play it uh, <laughs> because he's a kick returner. He's he's punting like he's got the he's doing the Roethlisberger punt. I mean, there's very few plays where Paul Poirier is not involved in some way. Um, and you know, that's, that can be challenging. And he had a great, he had a great game offensively, got a little banged up on his arm and had to get it done with his legs, but 160 rushing yards on 14 carries, two total touchdowns. But the big play was that interception in the third quarter. I mean, that is a, the, the kind of defensive play that just flips a game on its head really threw you know, Charlottesville a little bit for a loop. And then it kind of snowballed from there for them, but a huge pick 
uh, raced down inside, you know, got him right on the doorstep of the red zone and uh, a, a, just a tremendous pick. And you, you got to give it to him, um, especially in a week where, you know, we didn't, we didn't see a lot of wins across the board in the area. Any other defensive players you want to give a, give a quick shout out to? Yeah. Troy Jones, man, double digit tackles for William Monroe, 10 tackles, one for a loss. Uh, Jones is kind of a hybrid type guy. He's not really a linebacker, not really a safety. Maybe he's just, he kind of goes all over the place. Um, and just makes plays um, and, and another good week for them. And, you know, women road play Broadway tough, uh, but it, it's just right now it's just, you've got to be a little bit, you got to be a little bit close to perfect right now. If you want to get those road wins and, and women row had a, a few things go, go wrong. And, but Troy Jones was not one of them, man. He was cleaning it up on defense. And that brings us to the CNG paving road grader of the week award. And, well, we already talked about the big day for Camden Brewer and that big win for Blue Ridge, but you don't have those kinds of numbers without the work of the guys up front. And I know there are a couple of guys you want to spotlight for the Barons for the road grader of the week as well. Yeah, road grader of the week's got to be Blue Ridge's Ruben Walbrook, um, mainly because he fits the bill. 6'6", 313 pounds. Hey, he's a monster. He's a big guy. He's playing guard, man. You got to be able to move to play guard. Like tackle, maybe you can just set up shop, set up camp. But guard, you got to be able to move a little bit. And and Walbrook can move, man. He just, he's not just a space eater. He's got pretty good feet. Um, and, and he's a lot of fun to watch, man. 6'6", 313, did a great job uh, throughout the game. They did a nice job of keeping Camden Brewer clean. And they ran for over 200 yards on top of the fact that they threw for 313 and they gave up zero sacks. So that's a unit that's getting it done the right way. I mean, like you want to have that kind of balance so that you you don't just have to run or you don't just have to pass. So uh, a really nice work, you know, you know, nice game offensively from the entire line. Adam Ru- Rudolph, Nate uh, Harimo, you got Matt Senor, Matt Niznick. Niznick, by the way, I think had his first interception over on the defensive side too. So, I mean, these are guys up there that have got to play a lot of different spots because Blue Ridge is always that way. You've always got to kind of play Ironman football. And, you know, it's just fun to watch a group kind of come together up there and play that well, Um, especially after they faced a really tough road opener when they had to go down in NSA. Um, So to see them get a win in the home opener and to see Walbrook's sort of – first look we really got at him. Uh, he's a senior, but 6'6", 313, good feet, can move. And he was just knocking some guys out. And whenever they did try and run with Tanner Rocha or Fort Cardin or whoever they were running with, it was effective because uh, a lot of times they were running right behind Ruben Walbrook. So now before we turn our attention to week four, I think uh, we kind of alluded to it a few times as we got started here, but it was not the best week for local teams in week three. A lot of challenging games on the schedule. I think about Louisa and King George. I think about Patrick Henry and Albemarle. All that. The Louisa game, obviously, is the one that jumps out at you just because it brought an end to that long winning streak in regular season games. But it was a challenging week for the local teams here. Yeah, I think we went, we kind of went from penthouse to the outhouse in a little bit. I mean, <laughs> you know, the week before was so tremendous, and you saw all these big wins and sort of – you know, uh, tremendous, but like this time, you know, there were, wins were tough to come by. I mean, some of that is two of our better teams right now, two teams that are playing really well, Goochland and, and Western were, were sitting out. Um, so that's some of it, but a lot of it really comes down to the fact that people went out and scheduled tough, man. Louisa is not afraid of anybody scheduling wise. If you drop Massaponics, you have to drop Massaponics because of COVID. And then you go out and you're like, all right, who else can we play? How about King George, the team that eliminated us from the playoffs yep. last year? 
like that's tremendous bravery when it comes to scheduling. And so you got to be really impressed with that in particular. And Albar goes all the way down to Roanoke on the road, takes that long road trip. That's the kind of trip that gives you a lot of lessons when it comes to the playoffs. So Almar did a good job of scheduling up there. Monroe goes out and plays Broadway. Props to Fluvanna. They lose Brookville. They add Buckingham. That's a playoff team two years ago, too. So everybody is scheduling tough, and hopefully that pays dividends down the road. But definitely created a, a tough week across the board uh, for most everybody because I think the only wins we got, you got Blue Ridge on Saturday, but generally on Friday, the only wins were local on local. Everybody else kind of had a tough time. So hopefully you'll see that pay dividends down the road because uh, that, that was a tough week, no question about it. But the wins you got, Orange County is the hottest team in the area when it really comes down to it. 3-0, and big-time start. Uh, you got to be impressed with them. And then, you know, you looked over at Fluvanna, they got back on track, and they're going to need it because they got Louisa coming up this week. And, and that's not an easy task, especially, I mean, Louisa, when they just lost, just lost, oh, I, like – that doesn't not, we haven't seen it because usually when they lose, it ends their season. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely. You haven't seen it very often at all. And uh, it's been a long time since they lost two regular season games in a row. So Fluvanna definitely has his work cut out for it. Yeah, let's start there, actually, while we turn our attention now to week four. And, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but this is a Louisa team that is not accustomed to going into regular season games coming off of a loss like this and the quick turnaround after a loss. What a, what are you expecting to see as they open up JD play with the Flucos? The great thing about Louisa is that they're so aware of their own identity. Um, and I don't think it's going to be shaken by one loss. I just, I just don't see it that way. I mean, that is, that's an identity that is decades at this point in the making uh, from the beginning of the Mark Fisher, Fisher era to now. Um, and, and Will Patrick has done an incredible job of like mixing in these new and different wrinkles that have made them, you know, a little bit better each year, a little bit more diverse each year. And, but they still know what their identity is. They are a hard running, hard charging, solid defensive team. And I think that if they, you know, they've gone back to the drawing board, they went, they gave up 10 of 15 third, third down conversions. I can't remember even in a playoff loss, the last time I've seen that happen. Uh, to a Louisa defense so you know they went to work on that and you know that they're going to have a lot of that stuff shored up and I think you won't see them shaking I think you'll see a lot of the same old Louisa um, and, and you know I expect them to get back on track right away. You mentioned earlier you alluded to the way Orange County has been playing getting the win at Charlottesville to open up JD play obviously this is a really interesting road trip for the Hornets on Friday night as well going over the mountain. Yeah Harrisonburg man I, Harrisonburg gave Almar's a tough time in the second half, but some of that looked self-inflicted by Almar back in back in week one. Um, but o Orange County gets another chance to prove themselves on the road. Two straight road wins. Now they add a third one. Um, they need that momentum as they kind of start to move into some tougher schedules. They got Almar looming in two weeks. So they've got to kind of tighten things up and hopefully they're going to get healthy. They've got some guys that are a little bit banged up right now. But Brian Childs for them, man, that guy's just a football player. We talked about it with Paul a couple of weeks ago um, on the pod. But Brian Childs, man, he just – he impresses. He kind of flies around everywhere. Uh, he, he's really tough. He just – I mean, he just looks like a football player, and he plays like one too. So I, I expect them to be able to go over and get that done over on the road. And then lastly, of course, when you're looking at this week – I mean, they don't get much much more fun. It's not a district game anymore, but it's still one of the biggest rivalry games in the area. Madison and Monroe, this is always a good one. And this is this is a big game for both of these teams, too, as they try to get some momentum early in the season. 
Yeah, I think both both are coming off a loss, but you know, while that might be a step back for William Monroe, it in some ways it was a step forward for Madison in their loss because they held a team under 40 points for the first time in, in a while. They're starting to figure it out on defense. Um, and, and it's starting to show in the production. M Monroe obviously played really well in that Spotswood game and then had a lull in the middle of it and then bounced back and got it done. They didn't weren't able to get over that hump with Broadway, but that's a really good Broadway program. So um, this one, usually you can throw out the records, but Monroe's won several in a row at this point. So it's up to Madison to kind of get this thing back to where it is, where, where it usually is, where anybody can win in any year. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see if, if Madison is taking some of those steps forward and it's going to be interesting to see if Monroe can kind of keep this offensive, you know, machine and they, and they play well, they're putting up some numbers. If they can keep that kind of clicking. I love Shay Jeffers out there at William Monroe, man. The guy plays really hard. And I think Wade Fox, man, over at Madison, he is rugged, tough at, at quarterback. So it's going to be fun to see some of these guys get a chance to play in that rivalry game that they missed out on last year. Cause we didn't get this in the spring. All right, before we let you go, we want to thank the presenting sponsor of the Scrimmage Play podcast, CNG Paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across Central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 today. For a free estimate, thanks to our friends at CNG Paving. Bart, any final thoughts before we move on to week four? Oh, man, we're getting real close to where it's local on local in every game um, with the Jefferson District kind of getting cranked up. So I'm excited to see we get another uh, another appetizer this week, but then we're going to kind of dive into it in the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. That's always the best time of year, I feel like. All right, we will be here next week to break down this week four and then start looking ahead, as Bart said. Business is really going to pick up in week five. We'll see you then.